Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Bobby Kerno, Chief Turtle Editor at IDW Publishing, and you are going to have a shell of a good time inside the pull bag. Welcome to The Pull Bags, Back Issue Classics. Join us as we talk about comics from yesteryear, from DC, Marvel, and more. So open your ears to hear our discussion of the older continuities, as the Back Issue Classics are also what's in The Pull Bag. Hello and welcome to The Pull Bag. This is the first episode of September. It is the another Back Issue Classics. I'm your host, TFG on Mike, and joining me is Joe Reed. Hello. Hello. And hello, listeners. I am well. That's good. Um, so, two of the GCRN podcasts recently went um, video. The Pull Bag will not be going video. I would end up breaking the camera. Um... <laughs> Uh, you know, I think that's going to be interesting to, you know, give you guys a whole new avenue of, of interaction with people, uh, putting off the cuff and, uh, and altered geek unlimited, uh, on video. Um, but this time around uh, September, I had to kind of move some stuff around and kind of redo some stuff and move something back because the guy I wanted on that episode wasn't going to be able to be on that episode. So September has kind of turned into TMNT month. Hey, I'm cool with that. <laughs> a little late for the May anniversary, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's still the 30th year. So yeah, it's, we can do it. You know, it's, it's, it's not like this is January 1st, 2015, <laughs> but then it would be the 31st year. <laughs> um, so had to move some stuff around, had to juggle some stuff, and... I figured, what better way, uh, you know, Joe and I have been really, really enjoying the TMNT stuff, and we just finished uh, August out with um, two Transformers episodes, and before that, we did our review of the Volume 8 uh, Northampton, issues 29 to 32. So I figured, why not go ahead and continue the Turtles talk, um... No one's complained yet, thank God. No one has also praised us either. Come on, people, leave us more iTunes reviews. It's free. It's not like it's, it's not like it's going to cost you anything. A dollar, yeah, that would be funny if we could charge iTunes listeners a dollar per review that they <laughs> leave. That would be awesome. No, no. I would like um, to monetize, but not that way. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so next in line before we get to issue number 33 and 34 proper is the Utram Empire uh, miniseries uh, 
I guess it would be a miniseries one through three. Um, this pretty much, as the title, you know, uh, denotes, it is basically the Utram story. It's more of Krang's story, more of Quainan's story, uh, with a few of other things mixed in, like Baxter, like the Fugitoid. And I, I gotta say, even though, at, at least on, I can't see, well, no, not on the other issues, um, at least in the first issue, Don, Donnie's on the first issue with his bow staff, but like when when they came out with this, when I saw the solicitations for this this miniseries, I was like, oh okay, cool. So they're gonna delve more into Krang's story and more backstory on Utramanon. I, I still I still hate the name of that planet. It's just it sounds too weird to me. Um, but I was kind of surprised that because. Where this takes place in the story is they're still in Northampton. Yeah, I think this came out when it was singles. You'd get your Northampton issue one week, and then the mm -hmm. next week you'd go back and it'd be the Utrum Empire. Right, right. Um, and I, this is the first time in our coverage that I don't have a trade. I have the three singles. <laughs> and, and this is another three singles thing that really irritated me because I have one, number one is a sub cover. Number two is the sub cover. Number three is the regular cover. And I like those regular covers, the ones that look like uh, 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 recruiting posters. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want, I can send you the three that I have because I have all three of the regulars. Oh, but it's up yeah. to you. <laughs> it's up to you. Yeah, shoot I mean... me a quote. It can't hurt. <laughs> I'll pay shipping. <laughs> Plus something. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry. You know, a little tangent here. Before we started recording, I was eating a leftover McChicken sandwich from McDonald's, and it's surprisingly to me how spicy those damn things get, and it's not even a spicy chicken sandwich after it's cold and dead. It's the pepper. Oh, well, they use too much of it. <laughs> so, I, you know, when I first got these, I this was back when I was doing single issues and I just kind of got them and put them on the shelf. I mean, I, cause I, Oh, that's what it was. Cause at that time I didn't have to speed read <laughs> to get caught up <laughs> to, <laughs> to when we did the interview with Bobby, you know, not that I'm complaining cause you know, we, we, I've loved it ever since, but at the time this was before I sped read through the series up to Northampton and, um, I just had them sitting on the shelf, and there was one point, I think about a month and a half ago, I picked them back up, and I you know, figured, okay, well, I'm going to get to these eventually. I might as well try to read them now and you know, see what they're all about. I sat down, and I read through them, and on first read-through, I don't know what it was, but I, I just didn't care for... I didn't care for the Utrom story. It's kind of like, this is like an extended Krang yeah. single issue, right? I mean, honestly, when we talked about that Krang single issue, I don't think I really cared for that either. Honestly, mm -hmm. I mean, it, it's great that Krang and the Utroms are in the IDW universe for Turtles because they've been in the you know the universe for a long time overall in the Turtles history. But 
I honestly don't give a crap about the. I don't know why. It, it, I'm not saying it's. I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. I. It, I love the writing in the story. I just don't care about. I want to know what the hell's going to happen with Baxter and what the hell's going to happen with Honeycutt and what the hell's going to happen with Shredder, more than I care about what Krang is doing. I think we're all going to care a lot more about Krang as soon as we finally eventually see the Technodrome. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that's going to. How that's going to... Well, we get a hint with this book. You know, I read this... I don't know. what When did this come out? Probably almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I read it, I missed... I, I Again, I missed so much. And they're they're telling us in this book what's going to happen in the next year and or two with Turtles. Yeah. Um, so getting right into it, Utrom Empire, number one, the regular cover is Baxter... Krang, Fugitoid, and Donatello. I don't know why Donnie's on the cover. Like, out of, out of the four turtles, why is Donnie the one that's... I mean, I'm not complaining. I love Donatello. Because Donnie's the one who finds Honeycutt's journal. Uh, okay, that's true. Yeah. Um, so, in the single issue, uh, we get uh, the cover checklist, which is the one I just mentioned, the regular cover, which is done by Andy Kuhn. The retail incentive was done by Eastman, colors by Rhonda Pattinson, um, and the subscription cover is done by Nick Patara, and the colors are done by Greg and Fake Petri, or, yeah, yeah, Petri. Um, and on this one it says, uh, the story so far on Burnout Island, Krang struggles to build a home for the resentments for the remnants of his once powerful people, the Utrams, he is joined by the human scientist Baxter Stockman, who seeks to use Krang's technology for his own purposes. Krang's successes lie, success lies in the brilliant mind of the robot Fugitoid, who has been captured and is in the process of having his knowledge downloaded. Did Fugitoid ever exist in the cartoon show, the uh, a 90s, 80s cartoon? No. He, he was an action his... figure, but that was it. Right, but he did make his debut uh, in the 2003 universe. Yeah. Um, which is actually pretty cool. Um, Alright, so we have uh, the writing, the art. Okay, so uh, the writer on this one is Paul Allor. The artist is Andy Kuhn. Colorist by Bill Crabtree. Uh, the letter is Sean Lee, and obviously Bobby is is the editor. Um, it always confu- it doesn't confuse me. It, it always makes me wonder on some of these miniseries, and and I've I've said this about even the um, the 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 turtles miniseries and the villains miniseries when they get the different writers back in. Like there are some that I know, like like Eric Burnham, or yeah, I, I think that's his name. Um, there's some that I know that I've read before that I'm like, okay, that that's going to be fine. But it always kind of worries me a little bit as far as how is this going to, like, like like you've said in a couple episodes, it's um, it, it, no matter who the writer is, it, it, if, if it's not Waltz and Eastman, at least they're pulling from a pool of writers where they have, uh, damn, where did I cut out? Uh, just on the beginning of this particular paragraph. Oh, what was the last thing you heard? Uh, I you cut that. You were coming back in and saying about all the different writers pulling from Bobby Kernow. Oh. 
So where I kind of get worried when I look at these series is when I see a different writer and it's not Walter Eastman. Because um, I'm wondering what is going to go on with those writers and how, you know, are they, are they going to be able to keep the same feel that we've read to this point? Um, and I think Paul Allor has done some other stuff with TMNT, but I, uh, like the IDW TMNT, but I'm not sure which ones. Yeah, the name doesn't sound at all familiar to me, even though I probably should know all these guys for all the times we've done this podcast. (laughs) Um, but, uh, you know, going back and rereading it right before, uh, the recording, uh, I, I think it works. I, I think the writing is very well done in this. Um, we start off with Honeycutt, and uh, he, he's about to take a nosedive off a cliff. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy beginning of this. Uh, Honeycutt saying, "You know, I've got all this information that Bra- Krang wants in this computer brain of mine," and then he tries to kill himself to take himself away and uh, re- remove himself from the picture. That's that's a harsh ending, and he talks about it several times in the book, too. Mm-hmm. Like, crazy. But he takes a header off this cliff, breaks himself into pieces as he hits the rocks down in the water below. Uh, but uh, they find him, they put him back together, and then he's just jacked into a computer, and they're sucking all the information out of it. And I think as he's sitting here tied to the table, uh, uh, he says again, I must destroy myself, eliminate this brain and everything inside it. But as he's strapped to the table saying this, I wonder if he's uh, uh, conscious but can't move, can't do anything about what he's doing. So, Possibly. Dark, dark stuff. Very dark stuff. And honestly, I don't mind it. No. Because because in the later issues, in, in the other two issues as we go along through this, it's going to get a hell of a lot brighter. Well, as far as the art, it's going to get a hell of a lot brighter. <laughs> the story content does stay dark. Um, so we get that scene, and then we go to where... <laughs> we go to prehistoric Earth, where apparently the Utrams were on prehistoric Earth. It wasn't a meteor. The Utrams destroyed the dinosaurs. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> What what's what gets me here? So we're we're seeing a herd of triceratops, and uh, um, you know they're calming him down. One sucks blood out of it, and so they're they're gonna use this information. But then he says, yeah. uh, "Ah, you worry too much." Prime Minister Quain knows what he's doing, and he mentions Krang's dad's name. I'm going so sixty five, seventy, eighty, ninety million years ago, the Utrams. We're the same Utrams that are around now. And I'm just kind of wondering if there's like a time dilation thing that that's happened in on dimension X where time is flowing differently here. I, I like, I don't know how that's possible. Hey, it'll be a question for Bobby. Yeah. Yeah, it, it will be. Um, yeah. I, I think how the time is go cause well, 60, 65 million years ago compared to 16th century. Japan. Yeah, that's... 65 um, million years, yeah. Yeah, that's... I mean, uh, even the, even if that's Krang in 16th century Japan messing with mm. Shredder, then now, present day, it's still Krang. Yeah, that's like two, three hundred years, four hundred years yeah. uh, right there. So that's kind of funky to me, too. Like, I, I really think there's some time stuff going on. Yeah. 
Well, well, I mean, we'll get to it um, at, at some point when we look at the four-issue miniseries, <laughs> Turtles in Time. But, um, yeah, I mean, so, ba- oh, but you see what's going on here, right? In what way? They are on prehistoric Earth before the meteor hits or before, you know, the whatever the hell killed the dinosaurs. They're ta- they're not injecting him. No, no, they're, they're drawing they're, blood to clone them. They're, they're pulling DNA out of him because the next scene is on Utramanon, which is many years later, and we have Triceratons now. Yay. So they went to Earth. Okay, now I get it. See, earlier when I... When, when I was reading these, and Craig had me- he mentions later in either issue two or three when he went to Earth the first time. This is the this scene here where he's taking the DNA from the from the Triceratops. Yeah, that, this is that first time. Okay, that's Craig on the it. left. Yeah, yeah, I got it now. Yep, in their that's... crude robot suits. Yeah, I. They kind of look like Wally, a little bit. Or a the robot suits. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, for <laughs> <Or> minion. <laughs> um. Uh, so we go back to Utramanon, uh, and we have the Triceratons and the the Utrams partying. Um, the fighting lizards. And you see Krang and his father uh, discussing stuff. Um, I don't think I mentioned this before. I meant to mention it when we were doing the Baxter review for the single issue for Baxter. I might have mentioned it there. I love how... I assume it would be Bobby that does this, but how these pages lay out and how the colors... Like, the background colors of the page... some most comics you just see them, you know, black and white and whatever else on the edges of the pages, but here they change color as the scenes change. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's great. Um, so after this party scene, we then go to the Molta V asteroid field, uh, and I assume they're mining for ooze. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Ooze keeping the 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 Utrams alive and I'm or nourishing them. I'm wondering if it's the ooze that kept them alive for millions of years, if that's the route they're taking mm-hmm. with that. But I, I don't see Krang as being 65 million years old. I think by that point you'd have figured things. Lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Out and wouldn't be a violent dirtbag anymore. <laughs> or you'd have, you know, gotten that out of your system after a million or two years. Um, and, and another, I, I had a question still with, uh, again, the timeline. Krang mm-hmm. is on this planet gathering samples and he's already kind of rough and tough. Is this after i mean is is harvesting dinosaur blood 65 million years ago after krang's one shot story where he kind of is a lazy slobbish teenager but then he comes into his own and kills the the other warlord and takes his body to make his suit that seems like that must have already happened because krang's a general saying dad we need to stop spreading ourselves so thin and warring like this is crazy we need to stop and focus on home and so it seems... Yeah, I would assume that it is after because because they throughout the whole story here they keep calling him general, uh-huh. so he must be, it must be after his um, his little jaunt. Yeah, and and again that just that sixty five million year jump they're expecting us to make mm-hmm. makes me it makes that hard for me to swallow. Um. Yeah. It... It is a little crazy, but do we ever find out, like, how long ago it was that the uh, that the original the the Krang origin happened? Did we find out in that? Like, was there a definitive time? Nah, I mean, I, they, there might be conclusions we could draw, but I didn't see them. I didn't right. wasn't watching to notice. Right. So we get the scene with the the Utram Council. And they're arguing over um, the rebellion and the war and fighting and everything else. And, um, you know, they're saying that, you know, hey, the people are safe. They're far from battle. We don't need to concern the people with, you know, wartime. It's like, seriously, really? You're going to try that? (laughs) (laughs) Um uh, we then go back to Burnout Island uh, in the present, um, and Baxter uh, is um, reactivating the Fugitoid, I assume? Starting to help him, yeah. Well, he, well he's, he, yeah. he's reading a book, the power goes out, and then he realizes, hey, that's my cue, and so he's starting to break into Fugitoid's room and uh mm-hmm. where he's jacked into the computer and disconnect him mm-hmm. i love fugitoid's dial. I, I, lo- I love his internal monologue i think i said that last time when we learned about his origin mm-hmm. but i i still love it. It, it it's still awesome and i guess it's important to say to our listeners his name is not fugitoid we <laughs> probably do that because we all had his action figure growing up and said oh it's a fugitoid but his he's either professor honeycut chet um, but generally, I mean, in the old comics, he was Honeycut. They call him Fugitoid because he's a fugitive uh, android. android, and so it's contracted, and that's the same story that it used to be. The the, the Utrams are hunting him because he's up to no good, or was up to no good from their perspective. And Here right, we go. Right. Anyway, we're going to continue to call him Fugitoid, even though that's not his name. I mean, he even says he's the Fugitoid. Yep. I mean, it... it... 
it's just to pay homage to the old to to, to, the, to the old toy and to the character in the 2003 cartoon. I mean, well, and that's really all the is. original comic, the the giant yeah. format one shot that he was in, which is still available for sale on the MirageLicensing.com website. You can still buy the the first printing of the first issue of of Fugitoid. Sweet. All right, so we go back to New Quinn City. Um. I, I I love the difference in art here mm-hmm. uh, between the Baxter and the 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 next day, like the the current time scenes versus what's going on on Utramanon. Um They're really, as much as I hate to say it, they're really rocking out the pink with the gem colors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, so we get this huge uh, battle scene. Where um, it's uncovered that the uh, Triceratons decided to rebel against their brainy masters, yep. and so they're attacking the homeworld. The, the 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 Triceraton who was originally talking to Krang just starts a throwdown knockdown fight between the two of them. And and as tough as Krang is, we get to see how tough the Triceratons are because that's a pretty even fight for one, it two, is. three. Four, four pages yeah <laughs> and the triceraton ends up winning krang's on the ground his glass over his little brainy body is broken and says i'm gonna leave you alive because i want you to watch the how watch your world crumble around you and then he mm. leaves yep now i don't know if it's i know the movies and the comics and everything else everything's kind of separate but and I know Northampton was in the old Mirage stuff because you've told yep. me it was. Um, I assume that in the original movie, the 1990 movie, it's basically upstate New York instead of Northampton because Northampton is like inland in Ma- like I looked it up on a map at one point. Uh, it is not anywhere near Boston or it's like total. It, it, it's basically what we see in this series, in the movies. It's all farmland. You know, April says in the movie, the nearest neighbor is four and a half miles. You know, so it, it is very inland in Massachusetts. So I find it hard to believe that they go from uh, New York City to Northampton, Massachusetts. Well, let's find out. Hold on, we can go to Google Maps here and type in 11th and Bleecker because that's where the corner... I I wanted to visit that when I was in New York and I think, I don't know, maybe I was typing it in wrong, I couldn't find the intersection of 11th and Bleecker, like they ran parallel or something, so it wasn't a real address. Um, But... uh, 11th and Bleecker, nope, this is only 9th Street. (laughs) Get it? And I'm sure that was a New York joke that I didn't get. Yeah, there it is. Okay, so let's just assume 11th and Bleecker maps. Northampton, Massachusetts is actually a nice little town, uh, and I think that's where Jetpack Comics is, is a ridiculously awesome comic store that uh, Eastman and Laird frequent, and that's where they're... they're, uh, Yeah, 11th and Bleecker is a real intersection. I'm actually looking at it. I totally should have gone there. That's... Pressing. So you, know, you can always go back. <laughs> I'm sure you'll get another vacation. All right, oh. Northampton, Massachusetts. How many? It's only it's uh, less than three hours to get there. Oh, right, from New York City, from really? From Eleventh wow. and Bleecker, it's less than three huh. hours. I've 
Okay. When, whenever the turtles went back and forth, because eventually Splinter lives up there pretty exclusively. He never comes back to uh, to New York. Um, you mean in the Mirage? in the Mirage series? Yeah. Okay. He uh, uh, the turtles go back and forth riding on the top of trains. Ah. <laughs> you know that's one thing we that's one thing I we haven't I don't think we've seen them do that in this series, have we? Haven't we had haven't to seen... yet, really. I think uh, mm-hmm. if if it ends up becoming the home away from home, they might. Yeah. It'd still be nice to see them instead of running across rooftops, like you know, riding a <laughs> riding the top of a of a New York City subway. That would be. I awesome. think they so... do. It's not beneath them. <laughs> no. Uh, so we go to Northampton, Massachusetts, and Donnie is frantically looking for this uh, this uh, journal of Honeycutt's. Um, he says, after he was kidnapped by Krang, April broke into his locker at Starkgen. She found it there. I've been meaning to look through it for a while, but, you know, Shredder, Karai, Leo, we've been busy. Um, now this is a... This is a completely different artist than any of the other Turtle stuff we've covered to this point. I... I'm not sure how I feel about and and I'm sure it's just them wanting to stretch their legs or to give artists room to breathe but I, I don't know if I don't know if I like all the artists switching it doesn't bother me only because I know that if they want to keep the release schedule where they're at that they've got to you know have these different artists working at the same time um, yeah. This this art looks familiar to me though. I mean, we haven't seen this guy before with the, the turtles in, in particular. Andy Kuhn. Um, I'd have to look it up and find out. Um, I mean, I I like the art. I like how the turtles look in this. Yeah, me too. I just, I just wish, and I'm not like, and like you said, they basically use use an artist for a particular story mm-hmm. like this. This is all Andy Kuhn on, on, the, on the drawing throughout all three issues. Um, like they did with Ben Bates on, you know, when he was on or when Dan Duncan was on, he had a whole run. So, I mean, I'm fine with that. I, I just wish overall there was a little bit more consistency with the design of the Turtles. Mm-hmm. Like, I... And what's the, the only part that it starts to bother me is that it... As different as they've looked, there are some turtle designs that fit better with how the turtles are portrayed. Um, mm. And I think also changing the way that they look is having an effect on how they behave. And I uh-huh. think my favorite turtles are still the first 12 issues. Uh, uh, um, is that Dan Duncan? I'm having a brain yeah. fart. Yeah, Dan Duncan. Uh, yeah, I think they're yeah, still Dan. my favorites. But uh, this is this, these are a close second. They're a little less cute, which I'm cool with, and uh, they can go either we've, way with um, that. We've seen him a lot, actually. Yeah, he was 12 through something, or 13 through something, I think. He was 13 through... 13 through 17, and then 21 and 22. No, 21 and 23. So we've seen his art before on Turtles, and I like it. I... I I really do. I think right now, because I just, as of this recording, Turtles in Time issue three just came out. I'm in love with the way Ben Bates does the turtles. 
Like, how he's done them in Turtles in Time is amazing. Didn't that just change artists to on the third issue? Oh, crap, if you're right, I'm gonna be a... Because the first issue was the the guy who draws their calves all giant and they look like happy, oh, cute um, things. Let me look. Um, so Donnie finds this journal, and then we jump back to Baxter. You want to talk about what Baxter's up to while I look for this? Yeah, Baxter is uh, kind of being underhanded, trying to uh, get... Well, we don't know he's being underhanded yet. He's looking for Fugitoid's help to... Uh, destroy the Technodrome and mess up Krang's plans. That's what he's telling him. And the first mm. thing he does is he walks into, not toward the Technodrome, but goes to the room where all of the other Utroms are hanging from the ceiling in tubes of ooze in stasis. Mm. And Baxter says, you know, let's. I really want to hurt Krang. I want to hurt him so bad that he loses focus and messes up. I'm going to kill all of his people. And so he starts draining the ooze. Uh, which which sets off the alarms. It also sets off uh, Honeycutt's alarm as he says, you know, genocide? Not really my thing. And so, bam, knocks Baxter out and tries to fix it and says he's not only going to fix this, he's going to fix everything. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the end the, of the issue. That's the, how the first issue ends. Um, I, I dug it. I thought it was a really cool issue. I thought, you know, going back to it, you know, I mean my opinions of the Utrams overall, I st- like, I care about Krang's, what Krang's actions, but right now, I don't care, like, we, we already got his origin. I don't need to see more of the falling out of, I mean, you know, all you, all you really gotta do, I mean, Siegel and Schuster did it. Just have the planet explode and say they went somewhere else. I mean, that bam, there's your origin right there. Well, this this uh, <laughs> book kind of changes, or rather gives us Krang's motivation. In his one shot, we saw how he went from being the the uh, little punk spoiled brat into mm-hmm. the powerful general and what it took him to, to make that transition. In this book, we see him at his full strength, and he's looking at his father saying... Dad, you're just spinning your tires and expending your energy in ways that you shouldn't do it. We need to save our own planet. And as it's all falling apart around him, Clang's like, we need to save our planet, Dad. And um, I don't know. Well, there's a resolution to that. But we get to see Krang go on a different journey where we're, he's justifying the evil stuff that he's doing in the in the regular book. Why is he being mean? Because he wants to save his people. Yeah. And he wants to give them back a home. And, and so... And even though he's the bad guy and he's the super bad guy in charge of everything, even higher than Shredder, um, it, it, he's still doing it out of what he thinks is the better good, the greater good. See, this is the this is the problem, folks. Is I've going back sometimes and rereading this stuff. I don't remember things, and Paul Allor is currently well. He was at the time. He wrote the first two issues of Turtles in Time. Huh. So, <laughs> we have seen him before. So, I've got Turtles in Time pulled up here on Comixology. Number one was done by Ross Campbell yeah. and David Peterson. Uh, number two was Peterson and Charles Paul Wilson. The second, number three, is Ben Bates. Um, and, damn, I can't wait till we get to that. Oh, God. 
It's like reliving the video game in comic form. I need to go get the video <laughs> game. I, you know what? I'm, <sighs> after this, I'm going to go hook that up. <laughs> it's right over there. I have it hooked up. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's so funny. All right. So, issue number two. We have all of the same staff, I believe. Um, yep, all of the same staff. Uh, the there were two covers this time. There was the Triceraton, you know, He-Man pose, the regular cover, and then there was a subscription cover with is that Mikey? I see Orange and no, that's Fugitoid. I think. Nope, that's the Flybot. Oh, that's the Flybot. That's right. I my my lights are very very low at this point. Um, so we start out with more Fugitoid. It basically picks up right where, where the last issue left off after he's knocked out Baxter. You know what I noticed right here on this panel? What's that? Last issue, uh, Honeycutt had two fingers and a thumb, and now he has three fingers and a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> let's not tell anybody. Yeah, no, let's not. <laughs> Even though we so totally did. <laughs> um, so he drags uh, Baxter off to a... Um, a storage closet. Uh, he says that um, he needs help and says it's from the last person he should be asking for help. Crying. Dun dun dun. So he tells. Go ahead. The stone soldiers uh, see Honeycutt as he enters the room, slams him against the wall, but before any threats of violence can occur. Honeycat managed to squeeze out. The Utrams are in danger. The ones in stasis, you've got to come help. And yep. Krang's on board with that, and they go. Yeah. I I love Honeycutt here at the, at the top left panel, because it looks like something Mikey would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> hi, guys. It really looks like something Mikey would do. This is so awesome. Um... So, the next page here, we, we go back to Baxter in the closet, and um, Baxter comes out of the closet fairly easily. He basically kicks... Uh, Baxter Stockman in this series, guys and gals, does not look like he is strong enough to kick a door <laughs> off its hinges. Yet, he does. I don't quite get it, but I guess it's showing his inner perseverance, maybe? Um, or just how weak that door was. <laughs> no, <man>. no. I, <coughs> I guess I don't know. Uh, so we travel back in time to Dimension X, many, many, many years ago, uh, where Krang is coming home. <laughs> it looks like a Star Wars landing party. It does. <laughs> Uh, Krang is coming home. Apparently there's going to be this huge celebration and everything else, and he wants nothing to do with it. Um, is it just me, or is it weird that his father has a statue of him? Like, I see statues like this all the time in comics and movies and TV and stuff like that, but it's weird that it's a giant brain <laughs> as the statue. <laughs> um... So he wants nothing to do with the celebration. He wants to, you know, be able to save the, save the people. We, um, um, you know, he, he's he's going to the the prison. They think he wants to see the 
the rebel leader. The Triceraton, no. who's now imprisoned. Yep. Because they quashed the rebellion. Yep. He wants to see the ruling council, because apparently Quainan threw the ruling council in jail. <laughs> that's that's a little crazy. Then again, he is a crazy ruler. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes to his father and asks him about this, and he says... Um, um, Let's see here. Well, uh, for some, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, where to go? What? I'm trying to find it. Oh, uh, you lock the ruling council away and surround yourself with sycophants. And <laughs> no, no, you're just here to watch the execution. And I don't think they planned on executing him at all, which is the problem. They just wanted to keep. You know, his dad's making all sorts of horrible decisions, and Crane calls him out on it. And yeah. just as he uh, uh, loses it. They say Zog, the the Triceraton, has escaped, and that's where we flash to the prison where he's out of his jail cell. Yeah. Um, that little Utron that comes in might be the ugliest Utron I've ever I, seen. I love that little guy. He's got glasses <laughs> coming out of this weird metal headpiece. It's... It, 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 <laughs> it looks like... Um, Oh God! What the hell's his name? Who's a character Nielsen played? Um, and, oh crap! Have you ever seen Surf Ninjas? A long time ago, I was probably eleven years old. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Um, Leslie Nielsen plays the bad guy in that, and he has something that looks like this across the left side of his face. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it reminds me of. Um, so we get to the jailbreak. Um, and we see that, um, uh, you know, Zog calls out and says, Krang, thanks for bringing me a ride. And, and, uh, we, <laughs> um, that's where that one ends and we pick back up in the current day because, Apparently, the only way to get the generators working again to save the Utrams on Bruno Island is for Crane to go outside when a hurricane is coming. <sighs> and apparently, because of the storm, the signal cuts out and he doesn't know what to do because Honeycutt couldn't tell him. So we then go to Baxter and Honeycutt. Um, and, uh, Bugbot just kind of tears him apart. Honeycutt decides to go against his old nature, finds the, the stone soldier's gun, picks it up, decides to fight back, annihilating the flybot, elbowing Baxter, and he warns him, don't follow me and don't underestimate me again. Mm-hmm. Dun-dun-dun! Yep. That's probably the only time we'll ever see him fight. He's just not a fighter. No, he's not. Um, the funniest thing about Honeycut and the gun is it reminds me of... I, I don't know if you ever saw this, but... Uh, Batman Beyond, there was an episode called Zeta where they introduced Zeta, which would eventually be the robot Zeta. Honeycut is essentially the iron midget of the Turtles universe here. <laughs> No guns. Me am Superman. 
Oh god, Vin Diesel now needs to be the voice of Honeycutt if there's ever <laughs> a movie made of this. <laughs> that would be crazy. Um, so we go back to Northampton. And again, the art. Oh god, the turtles look so good. You got Raph and Mikey fighting. Which is so strange to me, because it's usually Donnie and Mikey sparring, and it's Raph and Leo, because Raph and Leo always have issues <laughs> with each other. Um, but, oh, well, that would make sense, because it would make sense that it would be Raph and Mikey here because of the fact that Leo technically hasn't been himself. Yeah, okay. he's off hiding. Yeah, it's... Uh, he's Moping. Mommy! Yeah. <laughs> he's out in the woods. Yeah. Um, and Donnie's going on and on and on and on about the journal, and they, they just don't care. <laughs> they just, they're like, get to the point already. Um, and, and again, it, 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 I like seeing the turtles here, but I wasn't expecting, like, when you think of IDW doing a miniseries called the Utram Empire, I thought it was going to mainly just focus everything in Dimension, on or in Dimension X. I didn't you, you gotta remind the listeners I mean sorry remind the viewers the readers that's the adjective I was going for the noun I was looking for but you gotta remind so, the readers that the turtles exist and it's it, it I mean they gotta show up or I get it does, yeah it does say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles on the cover I guess yeah it does. so that's that's I think the only reason that they kind of shoehorned them in there but uh, he has the journal in the in the series so maybe this just this gives us a little bit more about what's inside of it mm-hmm. so Krang crosses the streams and fires up the generator. Um, uh, we then go back to uh, Utramanon, um, and Krang, uh, basically Zor, Zor, Zog has uh, has Krang at gun, gunpoint, and Koinen is just not. He's like, you know, no, Krang, you can't shoot me now. <laughs> I I almost wonder if Krang let him out of prison mm. to escalate this situation, or maybe Zog didn't know that that's what happened. But I almost wonder if that's kind of what he was hoping mm. would happen. Yeah. Um the the Utrams aren't. Seeing many Utrams in one place isn't as creepy as I thought it was going to be. Like, when you think about it, these things are just brains. I mean, that's really all they are. Um, and they have these, like, giant spider... Um, not posts. Um, They're like uh, AT-ATs. Mini AT-ATs <laughs> yeah. that they ride on top yes. of. <laughs> yes. Um, which is interesting. Uh... uh so Zog uh, basically ejects his pilot and almost lets Krang die. Um, they get Krang back and we get a quote-unquote touching moment with his father. And, you know, he basically says, The Utram race is more important than that. The future of our people. Krang, he had a gun to your head. I, what was I supposed to do? What were you supposed to do? <laughs> You were supposed to let me die. Yep. And I think that, I really think that's what he was hoping would happen to shake his dad into it. Yep. Pretty much. Um, and. Flashback to the present. Krang's yep. managed to turn the power on at 
expense of frying himself, and he is passed out, fallen quite a distance, and that's yes. where the issue ends. I am really digging this story. I'm digging how that they've taken all these threads and put them together. Like, normally I will complain about how fast a scene changes. Like, there were a couple of times in this where we went from the past to the present. um, And it, it was like one page was the past, one page was the present. And it was normally I do complain about that, but it's being done so well here. I love that. And the art in this one was great. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of this guy. Yep. Andy Kuhn, very, very awesome. So we get to the final issue of the miniseries here, Usham Empire number three. This the is cover... the one that has the the um, propaganda poster cover. Yep. Join the resistance today. <laughs> Oh wow! On the, the, there's a Triceraton. There's a um, a neutrino. There's a Zora from Legend of Zelda. There's Groot, and then there's a gray alien on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very awesome. Like, I, awesome. I did. I never noticed the gray on the end. That's kind of cool. So, we get um, which I kind of forgot to do this for the second issue, but on Burno Island, Baxter Stockman has sabotaged the life support system of the alien race, the Utrams. Uh, that Krang has in stasis. Fugitoid attempts to save the Utrams by instructing Krang how to restart the Hurricane Ravaged Island's generators. And Bobby had to throw a little note in here. Editor's note, Daniel Pez Lopez was not credited as colorist for the Andy Coons covers for issues one and two. Apologies. So Daniel Pez Lopez was the colorist on the covers that Andy did for the first two issues. And of all the the, the cover variants, the one that I kind of actually do want is the one I didn't get. The subscription cover for this uh, is a picture of Krang holding bottles of dead mm-hmm. Utrams, and his little brain from his own robot chest is screaming in horror of all of his dead buddies. And I kind of, mm-hmm. that's the cover I want, and that's the one I didn't get. I got oh. I'm not the victim of at the mercy of what my uh, comic store gets. <laughs> oh yeah, I no, I have the the regular. I have I have the propaganda. Yeah, that's color. that's the one that I got. But it's oh nice. okay. Yeah. Um. So we start with years ago on Utramanon, uh, where uh, Lorca, uh, uh, you know, had getting a message from General Krang. Um, and he basically, you know, delivers this, you know, <laughs> super villain monologue. We're going to save really... the Utrom race. Yep. I really wanted to say a Jay Leno monologue, but it wouldn't have fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we get a beautiful battle scene uh, on, on, on the I mean, it's two-page spread battle scene where he's, you know, Crank's about to escape and... He has to stop and do something first. And, of course, guess what he has to stop and do? Go back and, you know, basically poke his father <laughs> in the eye. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, so there's that. Um, and apparently they're, they're being bombed all around. And the way that, that this is being told is that the way I envision it is, like, 
the World War Two bombers, you know, mm-hmm. you know, just just drop the bomb and fly off, and that's the way it kind of looks because you know, in, in in this page where he says, um, he says, Earth, ha, I remember how it well. Last time you visited that wretched planet, last time I made the mistake of trying to form alliances. This time I'll be there to conquer, and create a new home for our people, and then. Right next to his face is the little insert page with the bomb dropping off. <laughs> he's um, that, he's referring to trying to work with the shredder, but then get stiffed, and now he's back just to destroy everything. I yeah. see what he's talking about there. Makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And I do like when they say many years ago, or the first time that you went there and stuff like that, where they don't actually give it. Uh, a name and number, but technically, I mean, Krang has been to Earth three times before the dinosaurs, once after the dinosaurs in 16th century Japan, and where he is now today. Mm-hmm. So that's that's interesting. Now, Turtles in Time tells us he's been on Burnow Island for a very long time too. Yep. Yep. Um, we get to um, we get the final moments between Krang and his father uh, won't survive of course we'll survive we'll be the victors conquest is our purpose it is our destiny so stay here and fight with me make me proud I've seen the cost of your pride and I have no use for it not anymore I could have told you I could have had I could have you forcibly removed but you're not worth saving and you're not worth killing either that's cold Mm -hmm. and he leaves just as the ships arrive to destroy the building yup pretty much so we go back to Burnout Island um, where something is on fire Uh, is that supposed to be the that's the flybot oh that's the flybot okay for a second there I thought that was future I'm like hey wait a second Um, you know, they keep teasing us with the fly thing, and I'm kind of getting tired of it. Make him a fly already. <laughs> He's going to end up, you know, I wonder if Honeycutt's going to tr- have a part in transforming, or uh, transferring Baxter into yeah. a fly. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Um, so we get to Honeycutt, um, and we... We see scenes between Honeycutt and Baxter mixed in, uh, where Honeycutt's monologue is talking about Krang and Baxter, um, and he's not sure which one, you know. He says, the other a pure evil motivated entirely by his own self-interest. Part of me just wants to end it all, just let it be done, but I also fear the worst if I leave these two on their own. Oh, God. Yeah, that would be horrible. (laughs) So the rock soldier and some other blue-haired dude. That's a neutrino scientist that Krang has captured. Oh, that's right, that's right. They're basically saying, hey, you're a prisoner, you gotta be locked up. Meanwhile, uh, Fugitoid's sending an email. (laughs) Which, that's something I will... That's something we'll talk about here in a little while. Um, so we then go back outside. Krang has gotten up and he's heading back inside. Um, 
he says, everybody get out. And we get... Um, uh, wait. Oh, so we... Wait, why do we see that then? What are you talking about? Why do we go from... Why don't we go from the scene where he says, everybody get out, and then the next page, the top of the page, is is what I assume is the old... Yeah, it's it's Utramanon. Hmm, that's... What page are you on? Oh, there he is. Okay, so Crane comes back in, and See, the power's back oh, on, they're refilling the ooze. Right. But why why is it at the top of the page? Is that Utramanon, or is that New York? That's Utramanon, yeah. Yeah, why is that there? That's my question. Huh. That's in- it's a little strange. Um, so everybody gets back in the ooze. Um, we go to uh, Krang. Um, uh, he's he's plum tuckered out. <laughs> he's uh, he's not looking too good. Um, is it just me or does his body look strange in these panels? I'm trying to make sure, I'm making sure, yeah, I guess that is Crane. So, because my father serves its time. Yeah. Huh. Man, those, just, yeah. oh, no, 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 we are still on Utramanon, because these are the survivors of the war, and they're going to oh, put him into, the, this is where they're first going into stasis. And Crane says, right. this is only temporary, my friends, I swear that I'll dedicate my life to protecting yours. And then they're right. sending him through a portal to Earth, and then bottom right panel, he's arrived at Burnout Island, and they're all hanging in their little uh, canisters. Okay. And then we're flashing forward again to Krang coming back in, looking at his buddies, saying, "You'll be revived soon." Yeah. On the you you know you'll re- on, on on the soon page, his body looks weird to me. It it I don't know it. It just doesn't look like it has earlier in the story. I'm not sure why. I don't know. So we go back to the turtles where Donnie is looking through the journal again, and he says, uh, So this huge threat, this planetary threat that just looming out there. Meanwhile, we're just four ninjas and a couple of our friends. How are we supposed (laughs) to handle it? We handle it the same way we handle everything else, Donnie. We make a plan, and then we fight. I like acknowledging them acknowledging how powerless they actually are. Um, and, and you know, this. I guess it's it's a difference between... These turtles are in the middle. In, in the Mirage comics, they're, they, they're constantly portrayed as victims. Like, dudes, just leave us alone, but the Foot Clan <laughs> keep messing with them. We don't want to help anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody. We just want to hide in the sewer. And then we get the cartoon where they're galaxy hopping, superheroes fighting bank robbers and Shredder and other mutants. In this one, they're powerless ninjas, but they also need to do all of this grand stuff, like eventually save the whole world from the Technodrome. So they're in a, a unique position, um, you know, where they're not supernaturally powerful like they might have been in some of the cartoons, but they're... Just regular guys with some skills having to do all these things. Yep. We get back to Baxter, who I guess is rebuilding his fly Borg. Um, and this... I don't know what... This Vulcan scientist comes in. It's, an, it's another uh, neutrino. 
Okay, well, he's got pointy ears, and the first thing I thought of was Voltron. <laughs> uh, and he asks him about the Fugitoid Project. Um, and Baxter is kind of taken aback by this. Fugitoid is back in his lab? I, I thought he would have uh, tried to hide or leave the island door. Yes, we should be resuming soon. I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> he says to the the broken up Flyborg, I guess we won't need your search and destroy mission. Just instead, it's just destroy. And I can do that myself. Um, uh, so he he's going to destroy uh, Fugitoid because you know. He assumes that Fugitoid has ratted him out to Krang. And Fugitoid basically, you know, gives Baxter a lifeline. <laughs> uh, which is interesting. Um, you know, in one of my other shows, uh, a show that I'm painfully getting through because of the content that I'm reviewing, um, uh, a buddy of my, a couple of buddies of mine and I are reviewing uh, the entire series of the '80s cartoon Mask, uh-huh. and it just gets. There's a robot in there called T Bob. Oh yeah, and I remember T Bob. Constantly, constantly, constantly throughout the entire series, we're like forty or fifty or almost, you know, we're we're like fifty or sixty episodes in. They constantly, constantly try to make T Bob like human-like characteristics. And it's like, really, seriously, stop. Just stop. Oh, the but... theme song's stuck in my head now. Past <laughs> Invaders, <laughs> never yeah. Tell, da, da, da. yeah, the theme song was awesome, but the show itself... Oh, God, that was great. Man, I, I want to watch an episode of that. I have no idea where to find that. No, you don't want to watch an episode of that. <laughs> I do you want don't. that red car, though. I, do, I always wanted that toy. <laughs> Thunderhawk, yeah. I was at a I was at a, a, a toy show in town that just generally has tractors and model trains for old men, and I saw this car sitting on the table with the pilot in it, with the and the guy with and the mask, and the guy standing to my right picks it up and says, How much is this? And the guy goes, Meh, five bucks. And and I looked at what my jaws on the ground and I'm watching this guy, and he's like, I'd dude, I'd have paid like Thirty for that right now. It's it was in beautiful condition and lucky punk. Anyway, sorry for the Anyways. tangent. No, that's all right. Well, my 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 point in bringing T Bob up and what they constantly try to do in the mass cartoon series is they constantly try to give him human traits and human emotions, and he's not a human. T Bob, uh, Scott, Matt Tracker's son, and Matt Tracker built him. He is a built robot, just like the Flyborg is a built robot. Like, okay, Flyborg's a little different because Flyborg has some sort of extrasensory power or whatever else, but, like, he is a robot. He's not a human trapped in a robot's body. My, my whole point in bring, even bringing this up is because while I hate them putting human emotions into the robot in Mask, I really like them coming out. Like, I like Honey Honeycutt's turn here, mm-hmm. how he basically saves Baxter's ass you know, to, you know, whatever end it's going to be. Um, we then get back to, um, we see the turtle van driving away, and we see Splinter and the turtles, and 
So, the, okay, this must be at the end. Like, this must be at, like, the end of issue 32. Yep. Because Leo's got the, the blue mask on again, um, and April's got that funky short haircut. Um, uh, and, you know, Donnie gets the message from Honeycutt. Um, but apparently he sent it to a whole bunch of his allies and the final page we get <laughs> the foot clan it says here uh, uh, he says he's receiving he's reaching out to several partners that uh, many groups who have worked who will have to work together to make taking down the technodrome happen good to know mm-hmm. to take down Krang it'll need a lot more than us it'll take an army in which we flash to foot clan foot training clan with Shredder overhead, and Karai says, I just received the most interesting message. Which, oh my god, how, I mean, the stuff we're reading now mm-hmm. pays off right here. This is how they got back into in, in touch, and this is how yep. everybody's going to reunite here. Yep. And and why, this is why in, in the current issue, Shredder doesn't trust Krang, because he's gotten this message, and he knows what's going down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we we get to know how or why all that happened, and so it's kind of neat. We're we're I guess this foreshadows the foot and the turtles getting together for something, and this also yep. basically I mean this essentially tells us that Krang and Shredder were never going to get together. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean I know the message is coming from from Honeycut. But he's right. telling that the Krang's up to no good, gonna destroy the Earth. I need your help to stop him. I mean, so Shredder knows which way the wind's blowing when he steps onto that boat with Krang. And we'll talk more about that when we get to that issue. Oh, yeah. Because that issue was a blast. Yep, I had no idea where it was going. <laughs> oh, I didn't have any idea where it was going, but I loved uh-huh, it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, overall, on a second read-through of Utra Empire, I really do like the story. I think it's really well done. I think it's all of the intertwining stories that make it what it is works very well um i'm still like i hope we're past the whole giving crying like i know i shouldn't be complaining about giving a character development but i thought he got enough development in his origin well see this is this is where we i was half going there until i wanted to give us the the plot twist at the end i think that first the first origin was krang becoming tough so at that point, to us, he was just a villain because he was cranky. This story gives him his motivations, and it says why he's the mm. way he is. And I, I guess I can see why they felt they needed to do this Utram Empire storyline to make Krang the mm. sympathetic character. I think the the most interesting villains are the ones who don't think they're evil, and mm. this this puts Krang in that position. No, and I yeah I I, I agree with you. I, I just I don't know. It's kind of like... But I also agree with you and say that I hope we don't have to have any more of this. I mean, Utram is essentially... Utramanon, whatever. The planet is essentially dead, so I don't think they're going to go back there and tell any more stories. They might go back and tell another side of the Neutrino... The Neutrino War, or something like that. But I, I gotta say, out of the entire series to this point... Those are the two stories that really kind of took me out of everything. Mm-hmm. The, the, okay, sure, the neutrino, the whole neutrino arc was was good. It was nice that we saw the neutrinos. It was nice that you know they actually did something with them as far as fighting the crime to make and them cool. Else. 
Yeah. Um, you know, and the turtles were there, but at the same time, I want the turtles in New York. I don't necessarily want the turtles always fighting Shredder. I, I want them coming up against stuff that, you know, we're not sure what's going to happen. I, overall, out of all the stories that they've told to this point, I like everything except, you know, like now I like the Utram story, but if it was something that I could do without, I could probably do without it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm by no means saying the story is bad. It isn't. Once you read the entire series to this point and then read this story, you're going to get it. And as you said, it ties into so many things that are coming up. Um, you know, so there's that. Uh, I think we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with final thoughts and ratings after this. It's action. It's drama. It's comedy. It's Desean, the superhero webcomic. Desean's got superhero antics and sexy girls. Read it now at Desean.com. D-A-S-I-E-N.com. So let's say you're looking for a podcast of your favorite 80s comic books, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, He-Man, etc., where are you going to go to find us? Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Chuck. That's right, everybody. We're the Star Joes. We host a podcast called Star Joe's Podcast, where we talk about your favorite comic books, your favorite toys of all the 80s properties. Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Mask. Thundercats, Voltron, you name it, we cover it. If it's in the 80s, we will we'll cover it at some point. Yeah, so what you want to do to find us, you can go to iTunes, you can go to www.starjoes.com. And remember, the Force will be with you, because knowing us is half the battle. Alright, we are back. Um, Utram Empire, it... I'm glad I wasn't reading this week or month to month when it came out. Um, even though I read it back to back to back in the single issue form here for this review, I'm just going to rate it on overall. Um, there are little things with the art that I didn't really care for. Um, there is a little bit of the time displacement kind of thing. Uh, that I didn't really... I mean, I, I get it now. I, I, I understand the timeline now, but when I was first reading it, it was kind of like all jumpy. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5 stars. What about you? I think that's right where I'm going to, 4 out of 5, just because it's not the interesting part of the Ninja Turtles storyline, I, mm-hmm. but, but it's still important and very well done. Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to do it for this Back Issue Classics episode. I always... I think I need to write out an intro for this show when we do these, because I always forget to do the the social media crap at the beginning of the episode, but where can people interact with you online? Um, the best place to get a hold of me would be through the Geek Stuff Garage Sale uh, website thing attached to Facebook. So if you go to Facebook, search for Geek Stuff Garage Sale without any spaces, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to work Twitter. One of these days, I'm going to teach you. I don't have a <laughs> smartphone, so it's obnoxious. Okay. Well, all right. Um, 
Okay, so you can also find me on Twitter at TFU and Mike. You can follow at Geekcast Radio. You can catch Joe live in person on video Wednesdays on Off the Cuff. Playing with my um, toys on a webcam. Yes. <laughs> uh, you can also, like he said about Geek Stuff Garage Sale, the link to that, actually the, the, the actual page link will be in the post for this episode. Uh, coming up next, we are going to be reviewing issues 33 and 34. It is the beginning of their return to New York for the Turtles. So that's going to be awesome and interesting. And we will catch you then. Make your greatest game of the comics. Mikey, take us out. Go! Move it, will ya? Oh, you let him blow right by you. Can you believe this guy? Come on. Don't just ninja kick the damn rabbit. Do something. Hey. April! Hey, you are great! Thanks, man. She called me Mikey! (laughs) You've just heard the latest episode of The Pull Bag, the GCRN's comic review and discussion podcast. There are several ways to get in touch with us and leave feedback for the show. You can visit the website, geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on the episode in all of our different podcasts. You can rate our show on iTunes. Be sure to leave us feedback. Call the voicemail line, 502-526-5821. Please remember to tell us the show you're leaving the message for, and your name. Become a fan of us on Facebook by searching GeekCast Radio Network. Send us an email feedback at geekcastradio.com. Follow us on Twitter at GeekCast Radio. So until next time, make your great escape into comics and unleash the geek in you.